Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. I'm privileged today to have Dave Jimenez. He's one of the founders of the New Home Team of Maryland. Dave, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So Dave, you started in real estate in 2011. What was your first job? My first job was as a uh, new home sales rep for Ryan Homes. So were you selling before or was this your first sales job? So it was my first sales job. Before that, I was actually practicing law. So when I got hired by Ryan Holmes, I did <laughs> I made the, the case to them that I was in sales as an attorney, that I was selling my case to the judge when I would go to court. Um, so, But it was my first true sales job. So uh, were your parents shaking their head? We sent him to law school. Look what he's doing now. <laughs> he's a salesperson. How did that go? Well, well, luckily for them, law school was all financed through loans, so they didn't really care. It was my problem one way or the other. <laughs> but I, I was newly married. It was a conversation with my wife about you know going from that steady check as an attorney to, to the commission life as a salesperson. But she was extremely supportive, always has been, and still is. And, um, and it was really the right time for me, certainly in retrospect, that you know, we could afford to, to take a risk. We didn't have kids yet. You know, we... we we hadn't even bought our first house yet. We bought our first house shortly thereafter. So, um, so it was a time when we could afford to uh, live a little lean as we, we kind of built up the business. Brilliant. So starting in sales, you know, it's a different kind of feel. Who was one of your mentors and what was one piece of advice they gave you that served you really well and might still serve you today? Um, sure. I mean, my, my first mentor was my uncle, um, actually in Florida, my uncle Tim has always sold uh, new construction homes for Lennar. And, and I looked at him and um, was always kind of uh, envious of, of his profession and his lifestyle. And, um, and, and he just encouraged me and told me that I would be great at it. And one of the pieces of advice that he gave me was, if you take care of the business on your desk, you'll always have more business. You close one file, there will be another one waiting to get opened back up. And that has really served me well. That's kind of brilliant because what it's really saying is stay in the present moment and give your full attention to what's before you, which most of us are thinking about a million different things rather than what's at hand. Oh, it's, it's hard with technology now too, right? Where you're getting emails and text messages and phone calls and you start one task and you get pulled to another and you do have to remind yourself every once in a while, you finish what you started, you, you're, you're going to do a more efficient job if you do one thing at a time. Definitely. So in 2018, you decided to uh, form a partnership with your uh, partner, Michael Lopez. What yep. brought that on? We had been working together previously. I was, I was with another real estate team and I was having great success. And um, Michael is a big real estate investor and we had been working together in that capacity. And um, just after a couple conversations, um, it just kind of made sense for me as a natural evolution and, and he is kind of the perfect partner for me in that we're a great yin and yang in terms of he's very much a process guy and um, is really great with setting up systems and has a lot of real estate knowledge where I'm more the, uh, you know, the, the press, the flesh. I, I on, With my legal background, 
from a training perspective, I like sitting down with agents and talking to them about the right way to do things. So it was just really kind of a match made in heaven and it's been great. You know, I've heard this, uh, I've done a lot of interviews with a lot of real estate teams and this is a common love story where you've got somebody that like gets turned on by process and detail and the other person is more of a people person, uh, would be smothered by detail and just having that ability to do what we each do best to make a whole that is uh, pretty amazing. It's exactly it. And that's where I had originally been a little reticent to start a team on my own because I knew that I loathe that kind of work. Setting up a, a Google spreadsheet is, is not my idea of a good time. Um, but Mike, I mean, that, that is his thing. So, so it really allowed me to feel more comfortable making that leap uh, with having someone to support me in some of the tasks that, that are just not my strong suit. So how much thought before you started this, you, you decided we're going to do this, but you probably would have seen a progression of we're going to start with, you know, just us, then we're going to build up. How did you envision the look and feel of this thing when you had 10 agents? Like, basically, I'm talking about culture. How did you decide on the culture? And how do you make sure uh, it's in alignment with what you want? Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Culture is so critical. And that was one of the things we talked about from the onset that we really wanted to foster a positive culture, um, a culture of building each other up. Um, certainly with sales, there can be some competition, but we want to keep it friendly and just in the spirit of, of each of us doing better and not that, that anyone is better than another agent, but we all want to, to improve. So, so that was one of the things we talked about very early. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we found the right people so that, <laughs> that we didn't jeopardize uh, that culture as we grew. And, and thus far, knock on wood, we've been very lucky that we've, we've found a lot of just genuinely nice, good people um, who are really hardworking and ambitious. So we, we've been lucky. So having people that are ambitious in sales is, uh, of course, uh, a blessing, but it also could be a double-edged sword. Sure. How do you keep people humble and connected that, you know, when one does really well, that they're actually supporting others to do better rather than uh, making people uh, switch off? I mean, that can be a challenge. I mean, you look for the personality type. You want confident, not cocky, right? You want people who are going to do well, but don't feel the need. They feel confident enough in their own success that they don't need to, to put anyone else down or rub their success in anyone else's face. It, it's, hey, I've done well. And uh, here are some of the things that I've done that have helped me be successful because there's more than enough pie in real estate for all of us to eat. <laughs> so, you know, it, yes. we don't need to keep secrets about the things that we do, whether it's, you know, how to generate referrals or, um, or, or more listings, et cetera, or, or the right technique when you're in an open house. And there's no secret sauce to it. Uh, if you're willing to work hard and, um, and you know, take some mentoring from people who have done it before, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can be successful. How often do you meet with your team? We meet weekly as a, as a whole team, even now with our masks on <laughs> um, in this strange time. Um, and then outside of that, I try to to set up time to either talk to each of the agents on the phone or to get together in person in more of a one-on-one -on -one capacity, you know, certainly as we have, um, have things that we want to go over or, or if they have goals that they're trying to hit and just um, want some additional insight on what I would do if I was in their shoes. Let's start with you first, Dave, and then we'll talk about one of your team members. And uh, for your team members, don't name names, but uh, for you, tell me about one of those areas where you were blocked or not achieving the level of performance you wanted and what you did to identify what the block was and what you did to overcome it. Sure. So, I mean, in terms of, of starting the business, that was probably the, the 
biggest block that I've encountered and the biggest block any real estate agent or new real estate agent is going to going to encounter coming from Ryan Homes, where I was kind of spoon fed business, you know, you open the door and people are going to come in and check out your model versus on the, the general brokerage, the resale side, um, you, you've got to generate all of your own business. So initially it was kind of, what do I do? And I was looking at other agents who were successful and trying to figure out how I could get to where they were. And, and initially I, I took advice from, uh, from a lot of different people and some of it was good. Some of it was not as good, but one of the best pieces of advices that I heard was actually from, um, from another agent who's, who's a good friend, who's the owner of the shore group, um, with Berkshire Hathaway, Andrew Undham. He said, um, uh, everything works. <laughs> so just pick what you like and what makes the most sense for you and do that. You don't have to do everything, pick what's best for you. And, and that was a great piece of advice because, you know, there are so many different things that you can spend time and money on, but if you can focus on the things that best fit your business model, because there are a lot of ways to be a, a successful real estate agent, but you have to decide, do you want to represent investors? Do you want to represent first time buyers? Do you want to work in the city, the county, et cetera? You find your niche and, and you go from there. And um, that really helped me kind of um, hone in my approach. Brilliant. So you went from like a lone wolf and now all of a sudden you're in a leadership position where people are looking up to you for guidance. And sometimes you can more clearly see what someone needs to change to improve their performance. So tell me about one of those where you, in one of the agents you were leading, you're noticing this thing and how do you bring it up and how do you help them get the change that would help them do better? Yeah. I mean, that, that is the challenge with, with being a leader is sometimes you'll see things um, where you would do it differently um, or, you know, you can see that if they just do one extra thing that, that that would help open some doors for them, but it's the right way to bring it up without, you know, hurting feelings. And, and it's important that you want to, you have to worry about hurting feelings, but at the same time, you're not doing your, your job as a leader or as a mentor, if you're not finding a way to approach it. So, so you just kind of gently want to point out things that you would do and ask questions and what I try to do is foster a culture where they feel comfortable asking me questions Yes, and being forthright with me. And, and there's a lot of trust there. I think that, that they know, like, I'm not a, a yeller. I always tell them, I'm not your boss. I'm here to facilitate your success. Uh, we're, all, we're all independent contractors in this real estate field. So I, I want them to feel comfortable that if they say, tell me about something that they've done and, and I might deem it as a mistake, I'm not going to come down on them. That's not my, my place. What's done is done. Let's figure out the right way to, How to, to solve do it, it next time. Or, or right. Or to, if it's still an ongoing issue, the right way to solve the issue. So, um, so that's, that's the, the approach that I try to take. So right now uh, is like one of the best real estate markets we've had in a very, very long time. Yeah. It's, it's been a, a bit of a crazy year. It, it's one of the best if you're a seller. <laughs> it can be a little bit stressful if you're a buyer. Uh, I can imagine. And so how are you preparing for, there is going to be a downturn at some point, no one knows. So what are you planning right now? How are you coaching your people to kind of prepare for that whenever that comes? Sure. And and I don't know that I would agree that there's going to be a, a downturn. I think there's going to be a change in the market. I, I think that we're going to see a shift from the sellers having the power that they have now to the buyers having a lot more choice. Um, and, and, and that's where I do encourage all of my agents to diversify their business into both buyers and sellers to the extent that they can and, and to be in multiple markets. Obviously, you only want to sell in places that you know and that you're comfortable in. Um, but for example, my office is in Federal Hill. I live in, in Canton. 
for 10 years. I know the city well, but now I live in Howard County. So I know, I know the Howard County bubble extremely well too. So um, those, those would be my main two core markets, but I obviously go outside of those. Um, so, so that's one piece of advice that I give my clients is to, or my, my agents is to stay diverse and stay ready for, for when that shift happens so that they're ready to pounce with their buyers who have been, um, been dealing with the struggle of multiple offer scenarios on every house that hits the market in the suburban areas. Right. So as you look at growing as a leader, what are new skill sets that you need to pick up to kind of be the right person for the team as it grows? Yeah, I think one of the things that I've struggled with my whole career is um, is time blocking and, and scheduling. I've tried to remain flexible in my schedule so that I can really accommodate the needs of my clients as much as possible. I find that flexibility and availability is really important in our industry um, because certainly I wouldn't want someone to, to lose out on a house because I'm not available. Um, but on the flip side of that, I need to make sure that as the team grows, that I have time to be available for my agents. So one of the things I need to get a little bit better at is being a little bit more rigorous about setting aside, you know, two hours here or an hour there and saying, you know, I'm going to be in the office and I'm available for, for this time. And I'm working on this. And I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of really successful salespeople swear by the time blocking, and, and I, I've tried to implement it, but it, it can be a challenge. For a lot of people. Dave, I'm not sure how many realtors are in our market, but there's a ton of them. How do you articulate how the new home team is different? Sure. Are, and are you asking me how would I would articulate that to another agent or to a client? Let's go client first. I'm going to go to the agent side in a minute. Sure. I, what I tell my clients is that, that we are a small team, um, more of like a boutique shop where our emphasis is really on customer service. Um, so I tell them that, that they're always going to deal with me um, to the extent that, that it's an emergency and we need to get them into a house and I'm booked. I do have um, other teammates who can help in a pinch, but then I'm not going to push them off onto um, onto the back office, which certainly we have a great back office. We have a ton of support, but I want to be the face. I want to be the person available when, when they have any questions or concerns, the, the home buying and selling process can be emotional and it can be stressful. So I want to make sure that people know that I'm there every step of the way. So I make that pitch that as a smaller team that we're really able to give that white glove service, um, and additionally, certainly, I, I have the benefit of being an attorney where most agents aren't. So you always hope that everything goes seamlessly. But inevitably, there are some transactions that don't. And it helps to have that extra level of expertise to kind of muddle through the issues as they come up in a way that, that the average team leader or broker even, most brokers aren't actually attorneys. So, so they have to defer to counsel where, where I know the answer to a lot of those questions. Brilliant. So that's how you articulate what you do. And other than the lawyer part, it sounds very similar to what a lot of other uh, agents would say. So how do you get your team to articulate? Because sometimes that's a challenge, right? Like where the owner has, okay, this is who we are, but getting each individual team member to articulate in a similar fashion. So clients get that, oh, this is what it means to work with a new home team. Well, it's funny you say that because that, that is actually what I view to be the sales component of our job. When I was selling for Ryan Homes, I, I had one one model, one community to sell. It's much more of a hard sell. You come in the model, yes. I lock the door, and I'm going to give you my pitch and hope that you sign on the line, right? 
this resale side is much different. You're selling yourself, you're selling your service, your responsiveness, your, your expertise to your client because you don't care which house they buy. You just want to help them buy the right house for them. And it's not about pushing a particular house. It's about um, selling yourself as, as an advisor. So, so that's the key is um, kind of figuring out how to pitch your own unique selling proposition. I don't want to put my agents into, into a box. They're all different. So each of them w- would emphasize what's special about them and where their area of expertise is. And, um, and that's really the advice that I give them in terms of pitching themselves to a new client. Like I always view it an initial showing or, or an open house or, or meeting a, uh, a new inbound buyer lead as a job interview. And, and I tell them that and say, you need to come in prepared. And if you don't expect not to get hired. Right. And that makes sense. One of the things that drives business is uh, actively looking for opportunities. Uh, do you guys use any lead source right now to generate opportunities? Yeah, we, we use a number of, of different lead sources. Um, we have some referral sources that we use. Um, we do co-market with Zillow, um, as, as that is. <laughs> they, are, they are the behemoth you can't get away from in the real estate industry as they drive a lot of leads. Um, we use uh, Boomtown as our customer relationship management system, our CRM. And um, they also drive some, some business. We've used Google pay-per-click. So, so certainly some of the more tech-heavy um, sources of lead generation are some of the places where we spend our energy. But, but we also do some direct mail, door knocking, you know, some of the old school real estate techniques that still work. And that's, that's what yes. I alluded to earlier in, in our call um, in that, uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, sales is sales. Real estate has always been real estate. You have the additional tech piece, but um, but we, you know, you don't really need to to think too hard about new ways to do things. So, how do you help your agents? Because you know, sometimes people are a little reluctant to follow the leads in the way they should. How do you kind of ensure people are always honing their skills? So I just try to, when I see someone do something well, or when I see someone have success from going the extra mile, I I really try to celebrate that. And we try to talk about that in our weekly meetings in in a way of, I've always believed in people are more motivated. I know I'm personally more motivated by the carrot than the stick. Yes. So when, when you're able to evidence that, Hey, look at this success that that so-and-so had, by you know going out, going the extra mile, doing it this way, and and now it's paying off. Now they just met a new client and got them under contract. Look at that. So I find that that's one of the best ways. The the anecdotal success story. Absolutely, he's like, hey, one of your peers did this. It works. Let's do it. You got Dave, it. Dave, before we part company, if you were going back in time just a couple of years to you starting this business, the new home team. What advice would you give yourself that would have allowed you to kind of accelerate your success? Um, be open to change. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still struggling with that. My, my, my beautiful wife helps me with that all the time. She's, uh, she's constantly reminding me because she knows better than anyone that I can be reluctant to, uh, to change or try things, uh, maybe differently from how I originally envisioned it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have a great partner who I think recognizes that in me and is, um, he was called by another colleague as the most politely persistent person that he's ever met. <laughs> so, right. so I'm fortunate that even when I'm resistant to change, he keeps trying. But but that is something that I think, um, looking back, I probably could have been more open to earlier. 
Brilliant. Dave, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, looking forward to chatting with you again when you are uh, much bigger and uh, having a bigger impact. Uh, congratulations on your success. Well, thank you so much, Amara. It was a pleasure. Thanks, thanks again for having me on. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 